0: Hi guys, and welcome to episode number nine of the Outspoken 30s podcast. I can't believe I'm on number nine, to be honest. That's me being consistent for nine weeks. I am Natalie, the host of the podcast. Should have mentioned that previously, but we roll. Um, If you have listened to quite a few of them, I try to not edit these podcasts. So sometimes there is a bit of rambling going on. So sorry in advance, but I do want to thank everyone who is listening and anyone who is listening today because this is a special episode because i have a guest now this guest i cannot think of anyone more perfect for my first guest on this podcast i'm hoping to have more but this one is a special one now her name is nicola and nicola's been in my life for about 30 years actually Makes me feel a little bit old, makes me realise how old I am, but you know, still young in the head. And she is my best friend, Beck's sister. So yeah, she's been around for a while and although we might not be super close, we've always kind of known like what each other's are doing because obviously we have a mutual person in between us, which is my best friend. Now, I've got Nick on this podcast to basically share her story. Now, her story, in brief, before we get started, Is that Nick has been sober since last January now I want to dig into the deep the deep details of what's made her go sober and you know how it's changed her life etc and what sort of personal journey that she has been on I also know that more recently she has gone into life coaching now she's not fully qualified yet but obviously she's going through the process so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well so, without further ado, let's get into it. So, let's start with you giving me a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah. Who don't know you. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. So, thanks. Really good to chat to you today. Um, so, a little bit about me. Married for 18 years, two kids. Son is 50 and my little girl's 11. Um, work in HR, worked in HR pretty much all of my life. Did my degree in HR. and um, Worked more up the career ladder. So, yeah, that's, I guess... Work side of things, work for global um, tech business, um, looking after employees in EMEA and APAC, so quite, I guess, a busy job. Um, some plays football, so, you know, supporting him as much as I'm allowed on the football pitch because I'm not a cool mum anymore because he's 15. Okay. Um, she, my little girl loves horses, so I spend time with her at the farm with the horses. Um, love the gym. Like, my time is in the morning, so alarm set up at 5, in the gym for 6, 6 till 7, getting my, I guess, endorphin fix at the gym. Um, and then it's, yeah, back home and, yeah, work from home, so work remotely. Um, we've got the dog, so, yeah, walking the dog and just just being a mum, being an employee, being a wife, just normal stuff, I guess. Have you always been into the gym, do you think? Yeah, pretty much forever. I'd say I used to I do the gym more now from my head. Like, when I was younger, it was all about like how many pounds I'm going to lose, how many calories have I burned. And then as I've, as I've got older, for me, it's more now about going in for that mental headspace. So for me, just to de-stress, not think about anything. So it's not about how many calories i burn; It's just about getting that endorphin hit after the gym and just feeling mega. Yeah. Um, so I've always been into the gym, but I'd say my reasons for going to the gym and training have definitely changed as I've got a little bit older.
0: Do you feel like... If you don't go, it it mentally messes with you. Like, can you cope with... Have you learned? Because one thing I found was that I used to depend on the gym to make me feel better. But then... I suppose I've learned to then if I don't go, not give myself shit about it. Yeah. If that makes sense. But what stage are you at with the gym?
1: Yeah, to be honest, it's it's all about balance, isn't it? So yeah. there's gotta be balance with everything that you do. And I think I've found my balance now. Don't get me wrong, like we were away last week in Cornwall and I didn't go to the gym and train, um, but I did my own thing, like so I did a couple of runs and, you know, did a little bit of the, the, the gym that was available where we're staying um but i do find if i don't go for a couple of days i just feel i'm a little bit cranky i feel i'm a little bit cranky i feel like i've not had that that endorphin release i've not just been able to get out of my own head so i don't beat myself up if i don't go but i do feel that i feel generally happier when i've been and i think it's because i've just you know connecting with people because I work from home so all of, a lot of my conversations are remote and I think just being in the gym with the energy that vibe being with other people like-minded people yeah. um is definitely where I get my I guess I get my connection from so when I don't have it then I do miss it but like I say in the old days I beat myself up and think oh I can't eat that cake because I've not been to the gym now I'll just eat the cake do you know what I mean and enjoy it so I do think that I found that I found that balance now
0: Yeah, life is all. I mean, not eating the cake. That's the only reason I ever go to birthday parties. (laughs)
1: Definitely. And coffee now. I don't do coffee without cake. It's got to be, invite me for coffee, it's the decent cake. And then, yeah, I'll have the cake as well. I know, yeah.
0: I've actually just more recently, today I've got into, so I was was into frappes Mm -hmm. without the coffee, but and I don't really like coffee, coffee. But I've now decided to, that I like iced lattes with syrup in. So I'm like, oh, maybe I am like, maybe I'm getting to that age now where I'm I'm getting to like coffee more. Yeah, I love caffeine, and I like I can't I cannot go a day without caffeine. Yeah, how you get up at five a.m. is beyond me. Literally, I wish I wish I was that person. But I think you're either that person or you're not. Totally. Like, I think back in the day, because um, you used to go to Natalie Dixon's class, yeah, didn't you? yeah, and I used to do the kettlebell class, yeah and I, those days were the days when I've kind of forced myself to go yeah. and I was like I need to go yeah. because I need to be in better shape and yeah. it's funny how you just change your perspective Total. and a lot of it you know social media doesn't help does no. it like you see all these people are in certain shape and doing all these different things and I think it's just, it's a head fuck, really. It's like, well, yeah. I've got to look this way, but then actually, I think we well, go. How old are you now? Forty three. Oh, you still don't, you don't look it. I swear. I swear, going to the gym just keeps you looking young. Totally way. agree. Literally, yeah. Literally, like i think also being for me being upside down i don't know yeah. everyone's like you honestly like, you not look your age math it's being upside down although i do swear being upside down I end up with more frown lines my body <laughs> because I'm <literally> upside down. <laughs> so so obviously you you spend a lot of time in the gym i think today's obviously we wanted to talk more about um, your sober journey.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so when was it you went sober?
1: Yeah, so my last drink was in the start of January. So January, what, 2022? Yeah. Um. So I guess my relationship with alcohol has always been I was never a drinker, so, like, when we'd go... When I was younger and my mates would go out in the park drinking, that was never my vibe. I was never into that because there's ten years between me and my sister, so I was always making excuses, or I'm looking after my sister. So I was never... I never used to drink when I was younger. I never was really into drinking, 18, 19. It just wasn't... It just wasn't a thing. Um, so I was always like, I take it or leave it, girl. And I don't really know... I don't really know when it changed... But it did change, and it changed the point. Probably lockdown had something to do with it. I think dealing with, I guess, grief and trauma that I'd not really dealt with and I didn't really understand, so I was burying a lot of that. And they do say, like, if you want to understand why you drink, then stop drinking. And for me, I think it was, like I say, it was just trauma that I'd not dealt with, grief that I'd not dealt with. Lockdown, like, what the fuck was that? Like, being told that... If you hug the people that you loved, you could kill them. It was like, "Oh my god, and i couldn't i couldn't on reflection, I know now I couldn't deal with that, so I just went like, "Oh well, it's twelve o'clock somewhere in the day, so let's have a wine you know and and everyone was doing it so again I always think i'd quite it was always a healthy relationship, I thought until it wasn't and then it I can't tell you when it changed. But it did change and it changed the fact where I just got fed up of my own bullshit and I'd say, right, I'm not drinking this weekend. And everything else, like I was still getting up at five, I was still in the gym every morning. I've got, you know, wow. I've got a good job, like, holding down a career. You know, they were, it wasn't at the point where I was throwing vodka on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> I was doing all the stuff. So the outside world. I had everything, like... I was holding everything together. But then, like I say, I'd get to a Friday and I'd think, I'm not going to have a drink this weekend. And then come three o'clock, I'd be like, oh, sod it, let's have a drink. And then it turned into drinking on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I just got into this cycle. And then I guess I'd go out. And when I went out, I'd think, oh, you know, just moderate, Nick, don't have, you know, don't have a lot to drink today. And then I would end up, and then the anxiety. That followed the waking up at three three o'clock in the morning, the anxiety of oh my god I don't remember getting home or what did I say and did he upset that person oh my god am I a good mom shit all of this going on in my head and then I'd say to my mates like do you feel all right and they'd be like yeah we feel we feel fine and I was like oh I don't I feel terrible and then the anxiety and the only way that anxiety would feel better I'd go. oh you know, let's let's go to the pub, let's have air with the dog and then I go back to the pub and like I say, just in this cycle of thinking, how can I control everything else in my life but the one thing that I can't control is I'm saying I'm not going to drink on a weekend and then I am drinking, I feel like shit when I drink, I don't exercise, poor food choices... I don't feel like I'm the best version of myself. So why on earth am I still doing it? And I was probably in that cycle, I'd say, for probably six months up until the point where I decided, right, enough's enough. I have got to do something. And there were there were points up to that where I thought, oh, never again. And then I still did. And then my absolute drop dead was dry January. And I was like, right, okay, it's dry January. Everyone's going to do it. It's now or never. And yeah, I've never, and I don't look back like, it's At the all. best thing I've ever done. Honestly, like, it's transformational. So
0: that's where the case of Dry January is actually works completely because a lot of people do the Dry January to stop them drinking for yeah. a month, but that's it. Then they get back on it, and it's like I get the idea on Dry January. Yeah. If it does turn out and makes it help people stop completely drinking, or actually, it kind of makes you realize that you have a problem. With yeah, drink. yeah. I think I think actually when you're talking and you're saying that you know you're trying to tell yourself that you're not going to have a drink, if those are the things that you're saying to yourself, like, I'm not going to have a drink this weekend, surely that's, like, a bit of a... Like, not a turning point, but that's a little bit of a, like, light bulb moment in, if I'm having to tell myself that I'm not going to have a drink this week,
1: And I still am. Yeah, and you still think are. not right, yeah. Yeah,
0: because, like, I know, like, if I... I'm not... I don't really think about drinking now, really, as well. Yeah. If I'm going out, I'll think, I'll oh, go and I'll have a drink, or I'm going yeah. out, or I won't have a drink. yeah. But I think for some people, like, say your friends who say they've not got any anxiety, maybe that could come from the fact that you didn't used to drink. Yeah. And then maybe they have drank for such a long period of time that it's the norm. So the, the anxiety came from the too much drinking that yeah. other people could be used to if that yeah. makes sense so it could be there could be a link to that and obviously Covid hooks everyone let's be
1: exactly. and,
0: the, and the hot weather yeah exactly like, everyone and then, would get inside
1: us well and... this is the thing though and this is the thing that I mean when I did dry January I was at the point like there was there were points before like I went out for a friend's birthday in the November and I lost my phone I fell off a bench and I don't remember getting home and I was like oh my god and the next day walking around the Trafford centre trying to find a new phone and thinking what are you doing and I've got kids and I thought I've got my little girl with me and She's looking up at me and she can see. Mummy went out last night. She drank too much. She fell off a bench and she lost her phone. Is that who you really want to be? Does that align with my core values? No, it doesn't. So don't just stop it. But then, like I said, I carried on and I drank on New Year's Eve. And then, like I say, it got to Boxing Day. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I say, drank on New Year's Eve. And then I was like, right, dry January. This is it. And then I immersed myself in education I wanted to understand like I said before why I could control everything else in my life but this one thing alcohol I couldn't control so I did shit loads of research I was like right understanding you know that ultimately like Alcohol is a drug and it is just doing its job. So when you have one and you want another one, that's because it's doing what it's supposed to do. So, you know, it is really hard to get to a point I think, where you've you've tipped, like say, balance. You've tipped it over one way and it's a case of actually, you know, it is hard to then. Get it back. So I did loads of research. I wanted to understand about the science behind alcohol around what happens to your brain when you drink, oh, wow. why you were doing it, why I was like, you know, forgetting things. And again, that's because part of your brain, and it's scary as shit, is shutting down because it needs to keep everything else going in terms of your other organs to make to keep you functioning and i was like oh my god so i could have had a conversation with somebody i don't remember that conversation i was not normal to them maybe a little bit squiffy but i don't remember that and that's because parts of your brain shut down to keep you to keep you alive and i was like jesus christ so the more i learn and the more i educated myself then like i say i did the work on me as a right okay why what why did you want a drink? What were you running from? What were you hiding from? And again, society, we're brought up to, told, you know, we're sorry, society tells you, if you want a drink to celebrate, if you want a drink to commiserate, you've had a good day, have a drink. You've had a bad day, have a drink. It's a funeral, have a drink. And again, it's just society telling us. It's normal. We, it's normal, yeah. yeah. And for some people, don't get me wrong, like I am not against anybody who drinks. It's a personal choice. And for me, it stopped serving me and it stopped me being the person who I wanted to be in terms of my core values and it's a case of I just readdressed all of that and don't get me wrong some of it's hard like some of some people get it and are dead supportive other people are like you're not having a drink you're boring oh you're no fun anymore but then I've done everything so I've done hen do's I've done weddings I've done bottomless brunches I've done girls holidays I've done family holidays like you name it I've done it not drank and had a brilliant time and the best thing is you wake up you and remember you remember everything everything and you don't feel like shit the next day so
0: yeah it's ace i mean you say you don't like that shit but i know if i which you'll probably affect that if you stay out till late yeah then you feel like shit because you have yeah. the lack of sleep totally. and that's when you actually begin to realize it's not just the alcohol when you go out. It's yeah. the lack of sleep that then added with the alcohol just absolutely I've done it where I've stayed out till three AM, not had a drink. Yeah. And still had a great time. And it's not I think the people that I used to be one of those people yeah, I I've I even did. admitted, I used to be like, people are like, Why are you not drinking? That's well boring. Yeah. And, and I've not had to luckily I've I've kind of changed and not had to completely stop drinking to realise that I was that person. Yeah. But it's people just those kind of people don't get it. But then I think, well if, you, if you're saying that someone's boring because they're not having a drink, then have you got issues because you're, yeah. you think that the only way to have fun
1: exactly. is having a drink? Totally. And it's like shining a light, you know. It's like some people see it as you're putting a mirror up to them and if your choices are affecting them, then actually I've learned now it's exactly. more about them than yes. you. And I've also learned that at the end of the day, it's the connections of, you know, ultimately... As human beings, we need connection, we need that human interaction. So yeah, of course, I still want to go out with my friends and see my friends and have a brilliant time. But I find that the first part of the night is the best night. But after that, people start talking broken biscuits. You know, it goes in a different direction, a different vibe, so I'll drive myself home, I'll have a cup of tea, I'll have some toast, I've got the best part of the night, I remember everything, and then, like you say, ultimately, I've still got what I've needed from that. Yeah. And then one of the other things I've learned is, if people are that bothered about what I've got in my glass, whether I'm with them, whether it's alcohol or it's not alcohol, if that bothers them so much and they don't want my company, they don't yeah. want to talk to me. So, again, it's it's been dead interesting. Have really you interesting. kind of realised who your real friends are
0: yeah. from it? Like, yeah. in terms of those are the people, that the ones that are just friends with you for the fun, pissed, you yeah. know, Nicola, and the ones that are actually give a shit just
1: about being in your company totally absolutely and i think you do you find out who your drinking buddies are and you find out who your friends are and i think the ones who are going to lift you up and support you i've definitely found my you know my my, my tribe and my friends have been brilliant but then also i've made loads of new friends again just different connections with different people who are on the same page as me so i've done stuff that i never thought i'd be able to do um, you know, when I was drinking, one, because I didn't, I wasn't really interested, two, because it was a case of, well, you know, I'd rather be in the pub than doing, you know, training for, like, Tough Mudder that I've, no, Total Warrior, not Tough Mudder, sorry, so training for Total Warrior, um, you know, cold water swimming, breath work, yoga retreats, you know, I've done so much stuff, and some, like, sound baths, things I thought were a bit, I didn't understand them. You didn't understand them because you
0: probably didn't... You didn't exactly. give yourself that time to understand yeah. it because you thought, actually, I'd rather be in the pub than yeah. be doing, you know, whatever this random stuff is.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, holidays as well. Like, we've just had, I had a holiday. And I remember doing holidays before and thinking I needed a holiday to recover from a holiday because it was all about just, you know, drinking at the airport, having a drink on the plane, you know, going out at night time, having a few drinks for your lunch or whatever... And then now it's like you really do feel like you've relaxed and you've had a holiday. And my joy and contentment comes from different things now than it did before. Um, and again, ultimately, like, this isn't somebody... I wasn't somebody who, you know, like I say, was pouring vodka on my cereal in the morning. I was somebody who's classed as probably like a lot of people, like a middle-lane drinker. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Just just socially or have a bottle of wine, you know, of a, of a Thursday with dinner or whatever... And the other thing I think that's really important is it doesn't matter like how much you drink in terms of comparing yourself to other people. So one person might say, well, you know, I only drink once a week, but such and such body drinks four times a week what I've learned is it doesn't matter how, how much you drink. Why, Why? yeah, and the effect that it has on you. So if you're only drinking once a week, but then it's writing you off for the whole weekend and you feel like shit, you make for poor food choices, you're not spending time properly living your life and experiencing everything that life can give you, then that's having a negative effect. So yeah. it doesn't matter how much or the frequency, it's the effect it has on you. So I know people now, my friends, you can still go out and, still socially drink and that's fine it didn't it affects people differently doesn't it and it just got me to the point where i was fed up of my own bullshit and it's just been like i say the best decision that i've i've made
0: i think a lot of people don't admit to feeling like shit the next day because Yeah. you don't want to admit that they've drank too much yeah because like even I know, like, obviously, with me and Beck, we'll go out. We know we drank too much. Yeah. We know we need to stop. I mean, beck has got better, but she still has the <laughs> moment when, you know, she drinks too much. We both do. We, push to eat, we egg each other yeah. on. And I, like, I think the last time we went out, I actually noticed it. We had, I had a great night with the girls. I was dancing. But then there was something that happened, and there was, like, a switch that just put me in a bit of a mood. Yeah. For about five, ten minutes, I was like, now... If I'd not had a drink, I know I wouldn't have gone in this mood. Yeah. But if something's just pissed me off and I've let it piss me off, and yeah. I, do, I don't know why, but then I got up and started dancing and I was absolutely fine. Yeah. But then it's funny because I always do notice that emotions come out more yeah. when you've had a drink, don't they? Yeah. And it's like, they, they're heightened,
1: are they? Definitely. And it's
0: not that I regret having a drink or whatever, I still had a good night with the girls, but it's knowing the next day I'm like, I, I just, I need to know that limit sometimes I think because I don't go out often when I do go out I go out if that makes sense yeah. and it literally could be once a freaking month yeah. literally it's not and and I, I think it's that I could go out and just have one or two because it's something different to drink I have it because I think it's something different to drink but I think a lot of people use it as I need something to chill me out yeah. because they
1: don't
0: know, actually, you could go to the gym yeah. or you could go for a walk. Exactly. You could do something else. That's you could do yoga, you could, could do, do
1: meditation, and I think that's it. And people got the easy option. Definitely, and like, that's where the work really came from for me. It was like, right, okay, sitting, getting comfortable, I love this, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, and that's when the magic happens, and it's so true because you sit there and you think, I want to drink. Okay, why do you want a drink? And it might be because somebody's pissed you off or because you feel tired or because you feel lonely or it's some emotion that's happened within your body that you physically feel that you just want to bury. And then you have that first drink and you get that hit and it's like, oh, it feels better now. But then...
0: It, the more you drink, the
1: worse it gets. Exactly. Again, it's like, a, it's like a vicious cycle for yeah. the it? And again, like, like these poor kids, I'm, who, who, not as much now, because I do think that society is changing and there's so many more alcohol free alternatives. And it's not, I think it is changing compared to when I was younger and it's not that, that ladette culture going out and drinking. But again, Kids aren't taught that there are other ways to feel better. And I think it's about like creating a life that you don't want to escape from. So create a life where you don't feel that you need a drink to get happy or to get to escape or you feel sad to bury. Just talk about how you feel and really sit with it and do the work. And you know, I'm training now, like I say, to be a to be a life coach and I would never have done that before. But I think I found my passion, and it's not just coaching in the alcohol-free space, it's coaching anybody on anything, and I think that's where my passion is now, like, helping other other people. people. Like, cos you... It's similar
0: to how I've, like, ended up coaching people. I understand, like, you found your way of helping people, but actually probably not at the sacrifice of your own mental health, yeah. which is what I was a people pleaser. I totally. think I still yeah. can't resist sometimes, you know, you just like make people happy and yeah. it's hard to not be that yeah. people pleaser. Totally. But actually to be doing it for a job and yeah. actually seeing people be satisfied and actually live people changing people's lives it gives even more satisfaction that it's not... At the like the cost of your own basic yeah, and it's help.
1: genuine. It's genuine. It's not. It's not a false emotion. It's not a false high that you get for having a drink. It's a genuine high because you've genuinely done something with Good. meaning and purpose, and and helped somebody out. So I think. And again, the other thing I've learned, I was the world's worst people pleaser. Like I hated confrontation. Yeah. I didn't ever want anybody to think bad of me. You know, I'd over probably over read text messages and and whatsapps and misinterpret things and want to keep peace in a room and I saw that as my job and then again that was really hard and at one point I remember thinking I'm just going to drink again I'm just going to drink because I don't want that tension of people feeling uncomfortable around me when I don't drink and then reframing that was really difficult but now I'm not a people pleaser anymore. I've worked really hard on my own boundaries. I've worked really hard on, you know, the people I want to be with, who I get the same energy from, who I feel that lift me up and make me feel better. Not like, what do you call them, like, um like dragging you down yeah like dragging you down it's like you know energy vampires they yeah. come in and they suck all that. the negative energy out and you you know you walk away from you think fucking hell that That's was that was off. hard work yeah. i want to leave yeah exactly i want to leave people when i think do you know what i got so much from that yeah. so maybe it is doing meditation maybe it is going to a yoga class maybe it is just having a walk with the dog whatever it is now just, I want to be around people who have got the same vibe and the same energy, and I don't find that anymore. Sitting in a pub with people, who are, are drinking, and that's not to say that they're bad. I'm not saying they're right and I'm wrong. I'm not saying that. That's just not at people that you want to be around. Just not me. And I've just grown and changed as a person, and I think some relationships stay with you, and yes. some fall away. Was the so when you obviously did your dry dry January? Yeah, I'm a mouthful. <laughs>
0: Was there a point when you thought, actually, I need, I can't do this on my own after, after that? Because I'm guessing you did that and then you were like, right, I'm going to carry on doing this. But did you actually go and get help from someone else, like rather than just do it all on your own? Because obviously, it's a lot to depend on yourself to do. Yeah,
1: no, I did it I did do it all on my own. So I did the dry January and like I said I did loads of research and I read that it takes ninety days to break a habit so I thought right okay I can do I can do this. It's because like all the like the science behind it and I'll probably really mess this up but it's basically building new Neural pathways in in your brain, and it takes ninety days to break a habit, and then to create one. Yeah, yeah, good point. (laughs) And then it's a case of retraining your brains. I thought, right, okay, I've done done dry January. I can do this for a little bit longer, so I did it for the hundred days, and I got to hundred days, and I thought, right, okay, I could have a drink now, but I felt so much better. Like I can't describe how much better. I felt, and I'd done things that I never thought I would do. I was learning about myself as a person, around my boundaries, about what served me, what didn't serve me well. I was like, do you know what, I'm going to do this for a year. I, If I can do 100 days, I can do a year, and if I can do a year, then I can conquer the world. Like, that's how I felt. I felt like I'd got this superpower, so why would I go back to feeling like shit You know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, i say with anxiety, all those horrible feelings that came with it. Why would I go back? I thought, right, I'm going to do I'm going to do a year. And in that year, my sister got sister got married, went on a hen do and I didn't want to be defined by. I he didn't... did
0: well on the yeah. to be fair, he did. It was, eight... it was a great, it was a great hand-do. It was so it good. Was quite a chilled one. I mean, I had my late nights. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't. My excuses. I don't go often, so I don't go out. For me, do you know what it is? It's not even the, it's not even the drink. It's the being out and dancing. And when you are yeah. on holiday, it's like you can wear flat shoes. I mean, you can do that over here now. Yeah. But it's just the dancing and having a laugh. And I just, I, sometimes it's the addiction to that. But you yeah. feel like. I think even back in the day, that was what I always used to love, but then it it came hand, it comes sort of hand in hand. I mean, it's not as much so anymore when you're on holiday, but you did do well being around literally, well, I think there's one or two people who weren't drinking as much, but like literally loads of like, Pisshead,
1: basically but, totally, but then it's, <laughs> right, it's like retraining your brain so I always thought you couldn't go out because I'd never done it and drink sorry you couldn't go out without drinking and dance and have a really good night yeah. because I'd never done it but then the more that you do these things that you think you're not going to have a nice time and then you have a mega time even better you exceed your expectations and you do it even more so you know we had a great time on the hen do like going out and everything that we did like concerts I went and see Pink um, in Hyde Park a few months ago so, and again, that was a lightbulb moment for me because i have been to gigs before and I remembered the warm-up act that I'd not necessarily remembered yeah, the wow. end of the act because I'd just been half-cut. You know, I drank too much per second, too much wine and I danced my little heart out at the Pink concert and the vibe and the energy was brilliant. So again, it's like I told myself or society told me or whatever that you, you can't go out and dance and have fun without having a drink you can. And it's I think, a confident thing, though, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. Especially with the dancing,
0: like, it comes... Like, you have a drink and you feel more confident, yeah. don't you? And you think, do you know what? I don't give a shit. But we just shouldn't give a shit anyway. Exactly. Like, why do we care? Like, I was watching a video before and it made me smile. It was, it was obviously filmed, but... I don't know what song it was now. Oh, it was a really good. It was a really good song. And this guy's like in the train station, and he's like full on doing a dance in the middle, and just walking up to, yeah. up to these stairs and having a dance. I was like that is just another level of confidence. Whether it's being filmed or a stage, it's still another level of confidence that everyone needs.
1: If that makes sense, totally agree. And I think when you've got that, when you've got that confidence, and again, it's like it's like no fucks given. And I don't mean that being arrogant at all. But when you find that true confidence inside and you're like do you know what I know I'm a good person I know I'm making the right choices I'm ticking all what I need to tick from a meaning and purpose perspective and I'm working towards my goals and I'm doing stuff that I never thought I'd be able to do when you get in that headspace it's like a superpower so Mm -hmm. it is a case of no fucks even you are really confident and you know people who are meant to be in your life will come into your life and those who aren't will just drift despair, away yeah? yeah so you will get the haters you'll get the people who does she think she's dancing but you can't control what they think about you you never will people be are able always to
0: gonna, people are always going to have an opinion exactly but if it's a negative
1: no matter what the opinion is if it's negative it's generally that it's, it'll be jealousy more than anything totally and it's nothing to do with it. it's none of your business what I've learnt now it's none of your business what anybody else thinks about you it's none of your business. I don't I don't care no. at all.
0: If you're not doing anything wrong and you're not hurting anyone. Exactly. You can crack on in life yeah. and if you're not doing anyone harm then yeah. and people have got something bad to say then that again it, like you say it's, Yeah, they can keep it,
1: that negative energy. The you keep your negative energy over there. Over in there. <laughs> stay in your lane. I'm in my lane. Feeling happy. Living my best life at 43 and people are saying like, you know, you and again, I don't mean this to sound like, oh, you know, the big but you're glowing, Nick. Like you look really different. And I think when you're happy on the inside, it, it does come on out outside. on the outside. Yeah, it definitely. does
0: literally have you noticed a difference with the kids and you like have you like mm. on either side your side and them have they said anything or like yeah have they what they said
1: yeah do you know what at first like they remember the days where we'd go to the pub on a Friday and go for tea and then we'd say you know when we'd, we'd come home we'd walk home and my little girl used to go oh, mommy you've got your tired eyes and it it upsets me now when I think about it like mummy's got tired eyes you know let's be honest I was pissed and they were drunk either and that's not who I want that's not how I was brought up that's not who I wanted to be but anyway we are where we are and, and it happened and you know the kids have seen now and I've been dead honest with them I say you know it got to a point where you know I wasn't happy with with drinking and they've seen me pull away from certain situations and environments and I've been dead honest with them and now I'm I'm glad that they can see, do you know what? One, you don't have to follow the crowd. Like, if you're not happy and something doesn't work for you, then be strong and and say no. And then secondly, be vulnerable and be honest. And if something doesn't feel right, then talk about it and and do the work. So I think they've seen me do the work on myself because I've been dead honest with them and told them about it. And now they know mummy doesn't drink. They know mum doesn't drink and, you know, Darcy and I will talk about different vibes. So, you know, I didn't really like that vibe or I didn't like this. And she just yeah, exa- grow up too quick, don't Exactly, then. but I think, and again, you know, if my son is, like I say, he's 15 and, you know, he's in an environment where, you know, a lot of kids are vaping and there is that peer oh, pressure. Wow. But I think it builds resilience. And, and I'll say that soon, like, you know, it'd be really easy for you to decide to pick up a vape or whatever, but that's not going to serve you well in life because you need to build resilience and you need to be strong. And if you don't want to do it, you don't do it because, again, like, things... It's about the balance, isn't it? And, like you say, vapes become addictive. Everything can become addictive. And I would just rather my kids know and not put themselves in that situation where it could could flip the switch. Because I do say, like, you know, when you see people who are in a really bad way with alcohol or drugs or whatever, you can guarantee they never took that first drink thinking, I'm going to end up an alcoholic. Like, they just wouldn't have done. And it's, again, because they didn't catch it themselves or they didn't have the right support or whatever. And I'm sure, you know, but once the addiction gets you, then it, it, it's really, really hard. And I think I was just on that, you know, just on that cusp of, I'm glad I caught it when I did. But I think, you know, back to the kids' question, ultimately... I'm, I hope now that they're proud of the choices that I've made because yeah. they've seen firsthand like the feeling like shit and being in pyjamas all day and you know I guess there were points when it was fun because I actually say to me we used to get loads of treats when we came back from the pub because it'd be like oh mum can I have such and such thing and I'd go yeah, yeah, of course can course can course can because <laughs> I'd had a drink and I was like yeah whatever you want but again they've seen it and I'm glad now they've seen that actually. That you can stand up and say you can. What's women look like? You can. You don't have to follow the crowd if you don't. If no. you don't want to.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's with the kids these days. It's it's quite a weird one, really, because I feel like the 18, 19 year nineteen-year-old. It's not about the drinking. So it's a yeah. very weird vibe yeah. I've seen that. A lot of them just go out when they're on the phone. It's like, the social aspect is just a totally... I would yeah. not like to be a teenager in no. this thing. It literally scares me. Like, my nieces and nephews, I'm like, just don't grow up, please, because it's yeah. just, like, terrifying of what they're growing up into. But then it's like, if they're not doing that, they're doing the vaping, which, I mean, the amount of videos I've seen about people being doing it from 15 and then they're 21 and then they're nearly on death's bed. It's that addiction, but it's, it's created by society. If it wasn't social media... And like yeah. promoting all these different things, then yeah. people wouldn't want something. But then I suppose it's that it's that hard temptation of well if they're doing it, like yeah. why, why can't I do it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's how you, you stop that, especially with kids. I think I've always been really conscious of even just having one or two drinks around any of my niece and nephews because yeah. I don't want to be I don't want someone to think of me as I'm always drinking. Yeah, I, and it was it, it freaked me out the other day actually. So Callie was round, and I had a can, and it was uh, it was an energy drink. But yeah, this, this zero calorie zero. It's supposed to be a healthier version. I mean, none of them are healthy. They got caffeine in. And uh, I was, and it was like, what time was it? It was afternoon. I was going to um, Charlotte's kid's birthday party, and uh, I was just drinking this. I was like, I'm just going to drink this before we go. And she's like, oh, "Has it got gin in it?" I was like no i was like it's like the afternoon i was like the fact that you've just said that freaks me out because like you shouldn't know about like gin i mean obviously you can drink cans of gin it's not it's not really bad to drink in front of kids but i just wouldn't want to i don't i won't want someone a kid to associate me with drinking
1: if that makes sense because i think
0: it, it doesn't give the right opinion like the fact that Callie basically knows me for just being upside down
1: but exactly you're a role model then like i think it's great for kids to have role models and people that they can aspire to be like and if you're that role model who you know is doing the handstands and you've got the movement and you're supporting people and that's a powerful role model yeah. for them to have and i think again i want my kids now to yeah they'll they'll remember that that i drank of course they will but then i want them to have the role model that mum realized something wasn't right and and she put the work in and she changed it and it didn't please everybody and it made you know it, it there were times when it was really difficult because you know I'm not going to lie at one point I thought is this going to cost me my marriage like cuz me and Paul were drinking buddies like we were drinking buddies but I was at that point and I thought if it does I don't want it to but if it costs my marriage, then I've still got to do it because I've got to do it for you. For me. And, you know, Paul's totally changed his relationship. No, I don't get wrong, he still drinks. But but he still as drinks much. nowhere near as much. And again, but that was really hard because I'd learned all this stuff about, like, you know, if you've got anxiety, drinking is like just pouring fuel on, on a fire, all of this stuff. And and again, like what it does to your brain and, and everything. And I'd learned all this stuff and I was like, Telling Paul, and I got really preachy, and I didn't mean to, but it's like, how can you watch the person you love still doing something that you've now learned is really, really bad? But then I needed to remember, stay in your lane, Nick, because everybody's relationship with alcohol is different, so... Nobody's will be exactly the same as mine. There might be pockets and you know that people relate to, but everybody's experience is different. And Paul's was different to mine, so like I say, so he still drink now, but nowhere near as much. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I've you know, I talk about, and he is now he drinks, I'd say he drinks much more mindfully now, which is brilliant if you can get to that point. I would never go back to drinking now, I wouldn't want to moderate because I wouldn't want that noise in my head, just have one, oh, no, have another, have one, oh, just have one more, like, it's, it's, it's easy, not worth it. it's not worth it, it's even easier for me to now say, look, I don't drink, and that is who I am now, so year one, I think, was learning not to drink, year two for me is building on the foundations, and I think year three is going to be even better. because yeah, then
0: it gets, it's, it's going to get, it's going
1: to get, easier
0: yeah you go along and I can imagine it has it's weird like I think I suppose I can relate to when I first started handstands everyone thought I'd gone mad do you know what I mean like what are you doing like and it's a similar thing of yeah I'm gonna stop drinking, and then you've done it for a month, and then you know it's a trend. Yeah. And then like, you you're carrying on. Yeah. Why Why are you doing that? Yeah, like
1: Totally. And right. until
0: you've done it for a consistent amount of time, and people can be like, "Oh, actually, she's serious about this." Yeah. Then people take you seriously, and then their attitude changes. And it's like what you said before about if you give off positive like vibes, and you, it you, it will come back around, yeah. and you will. I'm to sound like, my dad come back around, and you'll attract those people. Oh, like, well, and I... it's like when you when you've had a drink, you are negative. Yeah. You're tired, and you. You're at it, and you take it out on people, and you just like nothing good happens with a hangover. Yeah, like, literally, unless you just stay in the house and don't talk to anyone all day. <laughs> yeah. literally, just, and then start the Monday again. But even still, nothing good becomes of it. But it's just it is finding that balance for some people. Yeah. And I think I suppose I thought one of the questions that I want to ask is like, what would you say to people as like a way of sort of making a start if they think they have an issue I suppose what would you say to do first like would you say just try and do a month or like how would you deal with if you think you've got an issue yeah some people are gonna a lot of people like you can go to therapy and all that but it's expensive yeah on NHS it's quite takes time yeah I suppose you've started with dry January, because, but everyone's doing it. But what if someone right, right now is like, actually, I've got a drink problem. Like, what do I do? What, yeah. what do I do?
1: Yeah, and I think, do you know what? Ultimately, like, there's never a right time. There's never a good time to stop drinking. There'll always be an event. There'll always be a wedding or a party. Or there'll always be something, something and you think, oh, just after that, just after that, just after that. So I'd say, like, there'll never be a good time. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, at the minute with your relationship with alcohol I'd say just start now and just give yourself time don't don't my advice would be don't go into it thinking oh my god this has got to be a forever because that's quite scary and daunting I think ultimately it's about giving yourself chance to experience things without alcohol that you thought you'd always need alcohol to do and enjoy creating them new thought patterns creating them you know being in those situations and then that then gives you the fuel and I guess the confidence and the understanding to carry on because at the minute you don't people don't know what they don't know so I'd say just try it just give it I try and say right okay if you're somebody who thinks you know I drink every weekend maybe give yourself a month maybe just say okay I'm just going to do this month that I'm not going to drink and that will look different for different people some people might say right I'm just going to stay in and I'm not going to go out at all in that month other people might say I'm just going to carry on doing what I normally would I'll accept the invitations but I just won't drink and then I'd say use it as a learning opportunity so really think about if you're going out and you're going meet your friends and you say okay yeah I'll meet you in the pub and then you think oh, I just want a drink okay that'll just be the habit that will be the habit talking so just pause and just think why do I want a drink now is it because I feel uncomfortable in the environment is it because I feel nervous is it because I feel a little bit anxious is it because I don't know any different? Okay, you don't know if different. Just try it. It doesn't have to be a forever for everybody, but I think once you take a break, be it for a month or be it for six months or be it for a year, you're just seeing life without alcohol, and it's brilliant. Honest to God, like, it is amazing, and I just think if people give themselves the opportunity, and it is, you know, it is hard because you're breaking habits, you're learning new behaviours, and that, that takes work but there's loads of people the sober community now is massive like it is massive so there's so many people that you can go to and you can follow for advice for inspiration there's so many free alcohol alcohol free alternatives like you don't have to go there and just drink diet coke if you don't want to like there's so many brands out there now that are catering for people who just want to be alcohol free and I think people are more accepted of it. Like when I started, it was like, oh my God, what what are you doing? But I do feel, whether because I'm aware of it now, I'm more open to it, but you do see more people, celebrities on social media have, have stopped drinking or changing the way that they drink. And I think it's becoming more socially acceptable. But I'd say, start with your why. Like, why is it that you want, to to question or you want to stop drinking or you want to change your relationship with alcohol and then once you've found that why hold on to that and protect that no matter what and then when you're going out and you're experiencing things and you're in different situations then come back and reflect on it so I wrote I journaled I journaled loads like if I felt anxious I'd write it down why would you feel anxious and then I'd come back and I'd say you know I'd have an after the hen like I journaled loads about how I felt nervous before we went to the hen how high I felt the next morning when we'd gone out we'd had a nice night everyone else feeling a little bit jaded I went and got people like you know Fanta lemons and crisp and you know and document that so then again when your brain goes to that starts fibbing to you and go just have one you'll be all right Go back to your why. Well, you know, what? why are you doing this? And for me, it was about being a wanting to be a, a better mom, wanting to be a better role model, wanting to, you know, get rid of my own bullshit, wanting to just really go back to living through, I guess, my own core values. And that'll be different for everybody, but I'd say start with your why and protect that why. And they will be the people who come in and say, oh, well, what are you doing that for? You're boring. They're not your people. Yeah. And that's on them, not you.
0: Was there anything that you kind of replaced it with initially, the alcohol? So, like, obviously you used to go out, every, like, in that January. Was, yeah. Was, this in, was we in lockdown? No, we weren't in no, lockdown. No, we were It feels like lockdown was just, like, forever. Yeah. I lose track. That lockdown period is, like, an absolute blur for me. I don't know when it was. Any <laughs> time I try and remember anything, I'm like... I think it was 21, twenty one. Yeah. So. Uh, was there anything that you thought of right, well, we're not gonna go to the pub? Yeah. Or did you still go to the pub and not drink? Did you try and challenge yourself? Like what did you actually do in that first month?
1: Yeah, do you know what? There was different so at first I was like, right, I'm still gonna go out, I'm gonna do everything. And then I found that really hard. I was like, no, that that feels too hard. So I replaced it with ice cream. So that was my treat, like ice cream. So instead of sitting down on a Friday night with a glass of wine that would turn into the bottle of wine, it was like, right, okay, I'm going to treat myself to ice cream. So, yeah, sugar. Sugar started playing a big part. And I thought, right, okay, I can deal with the sugar. So now. that that's fine for now. Um, so I'd say that I definitely replaced it with my treat, um, reframed it from alcohol was to, to have some ice cream. Um, and then once I'd sort of, like, built my resilience up a little bit, then I would have, also, sorry, at the start, I'd have alcohol-free alternatives. So, like, I'd, I'd still have wine in the house. It'd be alcohol-free wine. So I'd pour it. So I was still tricking my brain into, right, okay, you're opening the bottle, you're hearing the glug, glug, glug in the glass, you're drinking it, and then you're going, oh, okay. So the placebo effect, yeah. that was really helpful at the start. So I did do a lot of alcohol-free alternatives at the start. Now and I never thought I'd be able to say this, and it feels weird saying it, but now it doesn't even cross my mind, and this is like... saying it alcohol-free? Yeah, alcohol, it doesn't bother me, doesn't bother Did me I think you at have I'd seen you post something about some
0: drinks that were like fancy, looked like fancy alternatives, but not necessarily alcohol-free. Yeah, just, like,
1: so they were three-spirit, yeah. Right. So there's loads of alcohol-free alternative stuff, but then there's the three-spirits... And I'd 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 known about like this brand for a while. and I thought, oh, I'll try it. I won't try it. And basically, it's all plant based. And there's one that's a bit like I will get the names wrong, but one's an, an elixir, one's like a livener, and one's more like of a, a chilled out one. And they're all like one of them's got like mushroom mushroom stuff in it and lion's mane and they're all legal but
0: right, they're, all... they're all good for your brain right? yeah. like so they're the opposite style. so they're not just an alcohol-free drink they've actually got stuff to help boost your yeah mental. so
1: you're the stimulant so i was stimulant so you i had one with a kombucha ginger beer and that was really nice i had another one and you mixed it with a um with a with a tonic so it still feels like if you're having a drink the other thing that i'd do especially when i go out um and i went to a brunch with the girls a few months ago i'd have um, red bull in a prosecco glass so again i still feel like i was drinking and getting that buzz off the red oh, bull well,
0: jesus red bull strong as well I've exactly. been a red
1: bull fan. but oh, again fun. that was my thing i felt oh i just i just want something then it'd be the red bull but the other thing that i did that really helped me was like phoning ahead. So if I knew we were going to different places like for dinner or drinks when I was going out with my friends, I'd phone ahead and say, Right, I don't drink, so what alcohol free alternatives have you got? Um and the girl who runs the house and vocal sessions, I can't remember her name, um, but she was brilliant because we went to the House and Vocal is Fitz, you know, Fitz <sighs> botching it up here but he's called Fitz and is a DJ his wife's called Amanda Amanda Byrne and they run like a house and vocal thing locally so it was in Mobley, and we went for my friend's birthday and it was amazing and I messaged her before and I said I don't drink um what alcohol free alternatives she got so when we got there the girls had the bucket with the champagne and the Prosecco and all their stuff and she'd done me a bucket with alcohol free um Lucky Saint, they're a really nice lager, and um, Nonseco, and then there's a brand called Naughty of wine, which where they make the wine and they de the wine, so it, it tastes like wine. So I had my own bucket of stuff, so it still felt like I was drinking and I could still toast my friend's birthday, so, you know, I think what I'm trying to say there is, like, if you plan ahead you, I was surprised how supportive certain venues were, so some venues will have, like, shitty alcohol-free beer, some have better stuff but venues are now catering I think more for people in the alcohol free space as well. So one of my things is I'll phone ahead and I'll say, Can I will you get me something in? Nine times out of ten they will. I would say can I take my own but that was at the beginning. Like now if we've got for dinner I'm not I'm not bothered. Don't bother me. Just have a diet cold. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I know what you mean. Like sometimes I think for me it's that just an alternative, because like you human, you've got you. Yeah, how many liters is that bottle? This is two and a bit, two and a bit, bit liters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you just drink water all the time. Mm. It's just nice to have. Like I've gone back on. I used. To, I was off cordial for ages, but I've just gone back on cordial because like sometimes it's nice to have that little bit of sweetness i suppose you get from my i only really drink gin now and i have got gin and like a flavor gin i don't like normal normal gin and i'll bet drinks it with tonic is beyond me because i can't sound tonic but just something a little bit sweeter rather than just having like a pint of lemonade because otherwise i'm like i'm just going out i will drink water if you know i will go out and just drink water if we like go to the pub or whatever and we're not having drinks but sometimes it's just nice to have that alternative of of something else rather than just let's have a wine or let's have a beer so it is becoming more acceptable and i do think it is a it is a positive impact on the younger kids to the the drinking and going out and getting absolutely leveled like i remember when i was 18 i I used to go out in warrington and it'd be getting pissed every friday saturday night yeah and (laughs) Literally yeah. sat outside and we were waiting for a taxi. Like and every the streets were. Abs- those were the days when the streets were rambling more. and said, like yeah. you don't get that anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some good nights, but can I remember? Yeah, I remember one night I'd gone out and was out with my dad and Julie and was in Ireland and he paid for us to get a taxi, me and my friend Lauren up into town, into Warrington, and I was already pissed before I got into yeah. town and I got into town, I thought it was really clever to get on top of this table and it was only a short table, it wasn't high, and then I fell back off the oh, table yeah. and I cracked. I didn't, I, I didn't go to hospital but I did like crack my, I winded myself And honestly, I was just like so drunk. And the actual alcohol numbed the pain, but if I'd not had a drink, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So it's like the crazy shit that you do when you've had a drink. It's like, I mean, when you're young, you think it's hilarious, and then you get older. You think you're
1: invincible, don't you? And then you you get older and you're like,
0: oh, cringing. I mean,. But I think if you if you have and you're not doing anyone any harm, but you can do that without doing. Yeah, just,
1: exactly.
0: Do you find that you're definitely more of a confident person now than what you were? Like what you, I suppose what you've ever been.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it was all false confidence. I would feel like I I used to reflect on it now I can see that I'd go in and I'd play a role I'd play the role of upbeat party Nick she's always up for a laugh and it was it was fake whereas now one of my friends said you know Nick's still goes out and has a nice time and you wouldn't know that I'm not drinking because if I was sat there in the corner, like, with a face on me, then i What's get the it, point? exactly, but I'm not, I'll go out and I'll immerse myself, you know, with whatever that we're doing and I'll have a really, really lovely time. And I think ultimately that that's it, it's about your attitude and now definitely more confident. Like, I've done things, like I said, that I thought I'd, I'd never, ever do. Like, even, like, in my professional life with my job, you know, I went for... A, 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 well yeah it was a step up you know I applied well I got asked approached about a role that was a step up from where I was and in my drinking days I would have had massive imposter syndrome like I can't do that job I, I'm not qualified for that but again it sort of gives you this superpower and I thought well I feel like I can sort of do anything so my whole mental attitude has changed in terms of well, what if I, what if I fail? Yeah, but what if you fly? So everything now is a positive outlook. So give it a go. What's the worst that happened? You don't get the job as it happens. I got the job, I got the promotion. Brilliant. I would never have had the confidence to go for that job in my drinking days. Never, because I was too anxious. I had too much anxiety that I was fueling with more alcohol and never really dealing with, you know, the reasons that I was. Doing what I was doing. And I think, yeah, to answer your question, definitely more confident, but naturally confident. And that's not to say, don't get me wrong, like I still have days and, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> yeah. at all, but it's about just reframing it. And now, like I got a new tattoo and it's like, this too shall pass. And it's true because it will. So when you're in the moment and it feels mega. It's mega, but it'll pass, and it might the next moment might not feel as great equally when you're in a moment and it's not so good it will pass, and the only thing that we can control is our thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves and you know I, I preach on about this all the time because it's so true because it's working for me, and I think you know if you just reframe the stories that we tell ourselves, then you get out of your own head all this noise and this chaos goes away, and one of the things that I've learned, and I can't remember who said it, but you've got two choices, and it's whether you choose to live in a positive environment or a hostile environment. And I choose positive all the time now. So, you know, I'll try to look for the good in things. And that's not saying say being a Pollyanna and a Mary Poppins, <laughs> but I try to look for the, you know what? Like, if, the, if somebody cuts me up, for example... In, in in a car and I'm driving the only would have been oh you fucking dickhead, you've cut me up now it's like okay he's in more of a rush than you Nick just let it go because yeah. then all that thanks it's just gone so I think yeah. again just trying to reframe things and be more positive then makes you feel more confident as well just naturally but not with you don't know that you're being more confident it just sort kind of, of happens. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy I think
0: I'm guessing that obviously once you stop drinking and then you're still training, you had you seen that, that your actual training was actually yeah. working better and you were fitter and you felt yeah. better and you might have lost weight. Yeah, I, you probably. It's mad that people. It's liquid calories, isn't it? Yeah, people don't actually associate drink with like calories, and that the fact that if you've over well, not necessarily, if you're putting weight on what you're drinking, what you're yeah. putting into you. Like mouth. I mean, obviously, a lot of like now. I always try and go for like the zero, like zero sugar lemonade. If I ever get lemonade and stuff, yeah. but The alcohol, like, there's nothing that if if you, you can do, especially like beer and stuff like that. That's like the worst, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's it has such a positive impact. There's like. There's so I think there's a lot more positives to not drinking than there is to drinking. Yeah. Like, when you actually... If people weigh out the options... Yeah. Not like I say, like, it's... I'm not against people who don't no, drink and I'm not against people who do drink. It's like, it's just whatever works for you. And I think people just need to be more concerned with themselves yeah. rather than what other people are doing. Totally. And you'll be much, like, happier. And I suppose... I'm
1: guessing, like, going through... When was it you actually started to train to do the life coaching? So that started, that's something that I'd been on my mind for a while, but I started my qualification in April and I qualify in September. And that was a real, again, that was a little bit of an imposter syndrome. I'm Like, can I do it? Should I do it? Like, I love my job. I love my day job. And, you know, it's an expense. So, you know, it's cost me quite a bit of money to do the course. But then now I'm like, it's investing in yourself and your yeah. own self-development and your own well-being is never going to be a wasted cost so yeah i started the course in april and then i qualify the l plates come off in september so you can still what what is it what is it
0: your kind of role is going to be so you're not a therapist mm-hmm. obviously as such you're more of a life coach what yeah. is it that you can like if someone was to come to you what is it they could come to you with what can you help them with like how how do you work, Hasball? Yeah. With, like the question.
1: Yeah, no, really good question. So like you say, coaching is so my my qualification it's um is a diploma in positive psychology. So it's all about helping people um, to flourish so it's very much forward-facing so it's not looking backwards like you say it's not it's not a counsellor at all and um, it's very forward-facing it's not a mentor so I wouldn't be telling clients what they should do like you would if you were mentoring somebody it's very much holding that safe space for people to come and talk to me about whatever it is that they feel is is holding them back so I'm working with one person at the minute in the alcohol free space I'm doing executive coaching so I've got two people who are senior leaders in corporate organizations and I'm working them on the executive coaching space and you know I'm working with somebody else who just feels a little bit stuck a little bit like six out of ten in terms of where she's progressing and what she's doing with her life. So just really holding that safe space, using coaching techniques in terms of appropriate questioning, asking the right questions and really helping people to unlock what's probably already there um, and then letting them come to their own conclusions and outputs. And, you know, you have these aha moments and when you see it, people go... and they get it and it's just something, something will just click and then it's, it's transformational. And it, is, and it is a big word, that transformational, but it's so helpful because it's people who are feeling a little bit stuck. And like I say, that could be in absolutely anything. And it's much more powerful through the use of coaching properly that then people feel empowered and they come to the, the solutions themselves as opposed to just being told oh, if you go and do that. You, okay go and do that and it might work for a little bit but then because you've not really thought about it and worked through it and come up with that conclusion yourself it doesn't really it doesn't really last so yeah the, the art of coaching is really helping people to unlock the potential that they've got or that they might even know is there like say in all different spaces
0: do you feel like as you've coached people and you've learned more stuff about yourself and how then you think actually maybe
1: i could improve in this or i could improve in that totally like what i didn't what i underestimated with this with this coaching qualification is how much coaching i would get as being a part particip- as being a delegate on the course so it's a six month course that i've done um it's one weekend every month it's um there's a the assignment that you need to do you need to submit three learning logs you need to work with um real life clients so you need to make sure that you've done 10 hours of real life coaching and then as part of the qualification you practice on other people who are also doing the qualification so the amount of coaching that I've had again I underestimated but again it's just been transformation like little things I've been stuck with and I've not really understood and just working it through and people holding that space and asking the appropriate questions then you get your light bulb moment and it's like wow yeah i get it now
0: so you've learned it's like basically there's a full learning circle from like start to finish obviously. Yeah. so you would be qualified in september and then are you planning to just do it part-time or have you not got a clue yet you're just still a bit like i'm just gonna see what happens and yeah. go with the flow
1: yeah do you know what when i started it i started the qualification with an open mind and i thought it'll just be more of a, a side hustle but because i've been fortunate enough to work with a number of clients now. So what I've done is I've said, okay, let's do three pro bono sessions. Um and then if people want to carry on and work with me after that and, and you know and then pay, absolutely fine. Um so I've had been fortunate enough to work with like say a number of of clients now which has just been Brilliant, and it's where I guess I'm finding my joy. Like yeah. I love it, so I'm not going to leave my day job because that's In life. That's life, exactly. <laughs> and I love I still love my day job, but my plan is I protect like you know two or three nights a week to take on, you know, to take on coaching clients, and then just see, just see where it takes me. If if anything like me it's like it doesn't feel like work. No, not at all. So it's like especially when it's conversational. Yeah, it's,
0: you are trying to chat into someone, and like it's like when I back today and i'm spare every time i'm like life coaching her about work and i'm just like maybe just change it so you you know you you're not worried about this and doing that and it's like just it doesn't feel like if it just comes naturally yeah it it doesn't feel like a job and it's it's the same even with like coaching with hands on like yeah i don't i'm not bothered about obviously i know if i want to take it to another level i am gonna have to start charging more whatever but I enjoy it so much and just actually helping people but actually getting more joy from it than just being a people pleaser, which I've spent far too long doing. Yeah. It's it's just you can't you can't really words can't describe it until you've kind of been through the process. So we've actually been going... This is like my longest one. Oh I'm my like, God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's been an hour, which is like I was hoping for because a lot of mine are really short. And then like I eventually talk that much myself. I'm like, I forget what I've talked about. To <laughs> be fair. I literally, just for, the, for anyone who's listening, I do not listen to my, my podcast back. So if someone goes to me, I listened to that the other night. You're going to have to remind me <laughs> because I can't yeah. remember whatsoever. I kind of just blab out for half an hour and then hope for the best, but this has been an hour. So you are on Instagram. You might as yep. well tell everyone your Instagram handle. I'll put it in the uh, description below as well.
1: Yeah, so my culture one is njo underscore coaching. Um, so yeah, that's where I, I am at the minute. So
0: you're start obviously, posting more and as you go along, and obviously yeah. if anyone wants to get in touch, I'm guessing you've not got a website or anything.
1: Not got a website just yet, no. So, but yeah, definitely, if people want to get in touch. I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Like what what's really important to me? Um, you know, I would never what I do first of all is to have like a connection call. So I'd schedule a call with, with a potential client and we'll do probably 30 minutes just having a chat. And it's really important that, you know, the clients feel comfortable working with me because I want to be able to set them up for success. So if they don't, get that connection with me then there's no point in us working together because it's no. not it's not fair so I always do that connection call first and if people want to work after that brilliant if they don't it doesn't matter because it wasn't I wasn't the right person to be able to help them so I'll always do that 30 minute like say connection call first and then if people want to then you know get in touch and work with me on on anything then yeah more than happy to more than happy to help
0: that sounds good I think there's a lot of people out there who don't know that they could just benefit with just that little bit yeah. of help. Just that little bit of pushing the right. Start. Not a push, but it kind of is to give them that little bit of confidence that they can just they can do it. Just and not, can
1: feel empowered, yeah. yeah just it's... to
0: feel better about themselves. Because a lot of people out there who feel so shit about themselves. Exactly. have been there, have done it. And doing it on your own is much yeah.
1: harder. It's and just then, being and... that little cheer I want to be I I want to be that person's cheerleader and I want to be that person who is absolutely rooting for them and you know With the clients that I've got at the minute, then I do ask them, okay, how can I help you to be accountable? So I will check in as much or as little as they need, you know, a little WhatsApp check or whatever. And I guess it's just that reinforcement that I have got. They're they're leading it, like they're doing it, don't get me wrong, but I'm just there in the background, just supporting them. And some people might just do you know two sessions with me some people might do 10 sessions it's client-led so it's entirely up to what the person wants some people might one person might come and say this is what i want to talk about and we might smash it in an hour and then it's done brilliant other people might need a bit more it's it's totally client-led
0: well, I'm hoping
1: once you've qualified, I'm guessing, have you got to do any exams I've done all my exams, yes. So I've done my assignment. I've got one um, submission to, to to still submit, which is a recorded coaching session, um, and that then gets assessed. So like I say, it is a fully accredited, accredited qualification. So there's assignments, there's learning logs, and then I've got my last observation that's recorded. So fingers crossed, I'm fully qualified in September, passed the course. That's not literally that,
0: that's not. Literally no, well. it's not. Is it the end of September? 18th of September. Oh, I was going to say, is it Next birthday. <laughs> yeah well yeah the weekend before the her weekend birthday before, yeah yeah so good luck i'm, sure, you. I'm sure you'll pass it and uh, thank you for obviously no. being my first guest i'm hoping i'll get more on um i don't think we even need to edit this i think this has flowed yeah really easy and uh, yeah thank you everyone for listening thanks for having thank you